And we are live back with the True Christian Ministry Podcast. As I'm looking off camera, trying to get my background set for uh, TikTok, I am behind the curve today. What's going on, JD? What's up, brother Bear? Good to see you. Good to see everybody in the chat. Here we are, Monday night, True Christian Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe and share this with any one of your friends, family, and those who need to hear the gospel message. What's up, brother? Oh, I mean, definitely tonight. Tonight, obviously, we're going to be crossing that bridge right here. As you probably see in the description, wherever it shows on your screen tonight, we're talking about evangelism, but more importantly, sharing the gospel, which is evangelism, but I didn't want there to be any confusion. We're going to we're gonna get into what it means to share the gospel, advice for sharing the gospel, different ways that we share the gospel. And as always, we're going to be using biblical support and scripture. Uh, so it's not just JD and Mike's opinion on the matter. In fact, ready for this, Christians? We act like sharing the gospel is this complicated thing, but it's been happening for 2,000 years. And if you just follow the way that God set forth, it works, right? It, the biggest problem is when people try to be like, oh, I got to adopt this new way because it's 2023. Yeah. So let's do a an Easter service with people twerking, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like you don't have to evolve the gospel message. It's worked. In fact, it probably worked on you because there's only one type of gospel message that saves and it's the gospel. Um, so yeah. we're going to dive into that tonight, especially because we know that a lot of people uh, especially people that exist online. Like, I'm going to just keep it real with y'all. When people exist online, they're oftentimes more introverted, and therefore, it's harder for them to even imagine um, having these real conversations because we've become so addicted to our cell phone screens that we forget how to communicate. I mean, <laughs> you ever seen a kid try and talk on the phone because they grow up in the text generation? They just be grabbing their phone and they hold it up here. Like, no, put it to, <laughs> put it to your ear and talk to it. They don't even know how to say hello. They just be like, yeah, like, no, say hello. Say this is so-and-so. People forget how to have conversations. Just being, I'm just, am, is it too early? Did I dive in there just coming for people, JJ? I'm just no, but that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I mean, we see, we see this is the, and this is ultimately where things have bled in, like progressive Christianity or, or like the video reacted to the UU church, <laughs> you know, these these people that have tried to get inventive and clever with the gospel message. The power is in the gospel. We say it every single week on every single podcast. The power mm -hmm. is in the gospel. That is that is where it's at. Jesus Christ paid it all. He's done it all. So tonight, hopefully this empowers you to to get out and, and, and live the gospel. That's that's what it's mm -hmm. about. Really Ooh. living yeah. the gospel. So as always, TikTok, we are live also over there. You do not have the ability to comment or see the Bible verses that are going to be on screen. And we're going through a lot today. So if you want to be able to fully participate in the podcast stream, come over to YouTube and, and join us. The link is in the bio. And for everybody watching us, I'm just going to give you just give you this heads up tonight because this is a very serious subject for me. And I want you to expect conviction because what I'm going to say tonight might sound like a personal attack on you. It might. It might I don't know. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to hold back because, as you know, I love you, and I would rather offend you with truth than comfort you with a lie. So let's just get this soundbite out the way. Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots! I'm firing shots at Christians today. Uh, I'm just being honest because, again, I love you. So uh, uh, we're definitely going to go through this. But before we do, 
let's go ahead and just pray for a moment because this is a conversation I want to invite the Holy Spirit in on. Obviously, we should do that for every conversation, but seriously, um, I'm really hoping that one person listening tonight says, you know what? I'm going to think about this and I'm going to go out and do this and I'm going to make this attempt. And our goal tonight is also to equip you to know that it's not just about going out the street and being like, repent, you wicked sinners. Like that's not sharing the gospel. But again, we'll get there. Um, So if you all join me in prayers, if you're watching live, if you're watching after this, you can still join me in a prayer because it's uh, our father's outside of time. So it doesn't matter when I pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us today to have breath and draw breath today. Let us never forget that it is all about your glory. Help us today to glorify you and praise you for us on the side of the world where we're about to go to sleep and for people all the way on the side of the world where JD is at, where they're waking up and starting their day. We know that you are the God of all. You are sovereign over all and therefore you are with us as we rise and as we lay down into slumber. It is you who gives good rest. So Father, I thank you for that. And I ask you to Uh, allow your spirit to move through this conversation and and let your spirit be present so that it's not JD and my words, but instead it's your word in your scriptures uh, that pierces the hearts and brings people to conviction, but at the same time uh, to an answer, because we're not just here to make Christians feel like you're not doing what you should be doing. We're here to encourage brothers and sisters to do what is right, uh, not because they have to, but because they love you. And we pray all this through Jesus' holy name. Amen. Hey, man. So can I just real quick? And I'm sure JD's going to agree with me on this. Sharing the gospel is not about a check in the box. So before we even get into this episode, if you view this as a check in the box, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Your intent in sharing the gospel should never be to share the gospel. Like my intent should be to bring the gospel to someone who receives it. Like, in fact, we shouldn't even call it sharing the gospel. It should be called delivering it because sharing it, you could go out and just scream it. And people do that. They want to, they want the check in the box. They get the video posted. They're out there screaming. And then they purposely act like jerks to get persecuted. And it's like, look at me being persecuted for the gospel. But your intent wasn't to go deliver the gospel to anyone. Your intent was to stand on the corner and be seen, which we know Jesus tells us that that should never be our intent. If it is your intent, you've received your reward already. Uh, You got exactly what you asked for. So number one rule when it comes to why you share the gospel, why you let the light shine from you, isn't so that people see you and say, ah, he's a Christian. No, it's so that they see Jesus. They see through you. You shouldn't want them to, you shouldn't want their eyes to fall upon you. You should want their eyes to go beyond you. You just want them to look in the way of Jesus. So that's the goal whenever we're talking about sharing the gospel. And I just realized, JD, I don't even have my Bible stuff. Like I have it pulled up on my side, but I don't even have it queued up, ready to go. Look at me. I'm failing today. I'm failing. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that, that, that happens. That happens. But yeah, we, yeah, we have exactly what Mark said. You know, and I always, I always go to Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. The same way you have received the free gift, you are giving. You are giving. And this is the seed that keeps on. This is the seed that you sow that keeps on giving. And 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 this is the problem. A lot of people think that by sharing the gospel, you're going to get brownie points. Um, you're going to get a couple of extra, you know, notches on the belt, whatever the way you want to look at it. Um sharing the gospel is because a necessity has been placed upon you to share that gospel and and we always go we've used many analogies when it comes to this but like again when you see 
if if you're at the beach and you see a shark, you don't go, oh well, you know, those that are swimming, I hope they see it too. Um, when you you know when you know there's a road that ends and at the end of that road there's a cliff that drops off and it ends in certain death, you don't watch the cars drive by. And this is this is literally how humans work. If there's something happening. Like if there's an obstruction in the road, someone who, who's seen it will stop their car, they will get out, they will flag people down, they will put up a beacon, a marker to let people know that there's danger up ahead. You know, this is what happens with roadworks. If you're driving, if you've, if you've been on the road, if there's an obstruction in the road or an accident ahead and someone spotted it, they will caution the other drivers. They'll flash them, whatever the case may be. But when it comes to the, the seriousness of eternal life, we are not flashing people. We are not warning people. This is again one of the one of the markers of sharing the gospel. We do not just share the gospel so that we can get something, but there are people that are dying without Jesus. There are people dying without Jesus. And and this is this is the question I pose to anyone. What are you doing about it? If you are fully aware of people are lining up in a queue to fall off a cliff to certain death and they don't know it, but you do. Why are you sitting on that information? Why are you sitting well, here, on that information? Well, here's a question for you. If sin is a disease that will kill everyone and Jesus is the cure, why are you not trying to give the cure to everybody? Because I also hear people, JD, sometimes people that push back against when you are evangelizing, they say, what about the people that never heard about Jesus? Yeah, I always yeah. ask them, let me ask you a question. If you had a disease that everybody had, would you deny the cure because someone in another country doesn't have access to it? Or if you truly love them, you would take the cure for yourself, then you'd go try and bring it to them. Like if everybody complains about what about those people, instead, we all said, let's go help those people. It would move differently, but it's, it's the selfishness and exists on both sides of the ball here when we're talking about the gospel. But you brought up a good point. If any of us saw someone in danger, like it's natural for most people, unless you're a sociopath or something, to want to do something. Yeah. So the question is, if you don't want to share it, share the gospel, do you believe it? And again, to, told you tonight's conviction night, tonight's conviction night. Yeah, I, I, I've shared this quote before, but Nabil Qureshi, who was a Muslim before he became a Christian, he said that when he was in high school, no one ever shared Jesus with him. He was in a Christian place. One person finally did when he was 17. And he said that he believed that these Christians either don't believe what they say they believe or don't love me. Because if they yeah. really believed it, and they loved me, they would share the gospel. So either they don't love me or they don't really believe it. And last yeah. I checked, the, the Bible tells us that if we don't have the love of God in us, we're not saved. So the question is, is it the love that you don't have for them or is it that you don't believe it? And it, see, we're getting to conviction here. Now, yeah. I want to throw a little side note out there. I don't want y'all thinking I'm not saved because it's because there's one other thing. Do you fear man more than you fear their their demise, shall I say. And what I mean by that is sometimes what stops people is this fear of judgment, this fear of how you're going to be treated. And you allow that fear of man to supersede your fear for them. Because at the end yeah. of the day, I don't care if I lose our friendship because I don't want to put your our friendship over your eternal soul because that's selfish of me. Like, oh no, I don't want to lose this friendship that I benefit from by sharing the gospel that might save their eternal soul. So you know what? I'll let someone else do it. I'm just going to, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to enjoy our friendship and hope somebody brings the gospel to them somewhere else.
Yeah. And this is a two-edged sword. Exactly what you said. The fear of people. The other one, the other side of that coin is I love myself more than I love them. And this is what I realized. And, and yes, yes. Let me paint this in another analogy. If you see someone drowning, if you're standing on the beach and you see someone a far way off, busy drowning in heavy seas, here's what happens to a lot of people. They stand on and watch because if I swim out, if I swim out to go save them, I myself might drown. Mm -hmm. I myself might drown. What did Jesus Christ say? Anyone who loves his life will lose it. Anyone who is ready to give up his life will gain it. This applies to the same thing that, that Paul says to us in Philippians. We should be more watchful of the needs of others than the needs of ourselves. We've already got salvation. And this is exactly why we put emphasis on eternal security. Because if you're less tripped up about losing something you never gained, then you would be more focused on spreading that message to people so that they would also be saved. This is the purpose of eternal security. We have security. So I've got a life jacket on. There's someone next to me busy drowning without one really? on. <laughs> Uh, you know you know, I mean? It's funny that it. you bring up that analogy because one of the rules when it comes to saving somebody while swimming is if they fight you too much, you have to let them drown, right? You Because they can kill you. That is the truth. And likewise, we're not saying you have to forcefully save someone. You go out there and you offer them like, yo, I want to offer this to you. And what does the Bible say? Wipe the dust if they reject you. If you go out to swim and get that person and they're trying to take you under with them, all right, I, I, I offered, I tried, and you back up. Now, the person might change their mind, stop fighting and be like, you know what? I want to hear what you were about to say. They might come to you later. All right. Because they're going to sit there in their sin drowning for their entire life until they come to him. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, you've got to find that line of people like, well, what do I do? I saw some people before we get into scripture. I saw some questions about family. Let me just throw this out there. Evangelizing in your family is a completely different thing than evangelizing to people in the world. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But. I want you to remember what, what uh, Jesus said about a prophet in his own hometown. Now, I'm not saying you're a prophet, but there's a reason why Jesus pointed out what the scriptures have declared that a prophet is never accepted in his own town. And the reason for that often is because people in the own town saw you your whole life and saw all your failures and hold those things against you. Oh, who is that? Isn't that Joseph's son? Oh, isn't that so-and-so? Oh, that person right there, he's supposed to be? No, I don't believe it for a day. Likewise, this happens in your own family often. And when we get to the portion here where we're going to be looking at in scripture about how we share the gospel without speaking any words, I'm going to talk to you about the family aspect. Because yeah. uh, let's actually start with a couple verses. Let's go into scripture real quick. And before we go into the other scriptures, let's go ahead and look at what's known as the Great Commission. Every Christian should know this by now. It is one of the most quoted things uh, in the Christian faith. It's the Great Commission. It's what we have been instructed. And it starts at verse 16. It says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Notice that, that even in this moment right here, some doubted. And that's going to play a part um, in a little bit. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So here we go. Great commission. And even in this moment, some of his disciples doubted. And I'm glad that that part gets brought up because I want to remind Christians of this when it comes to evangelism. There is a certain level uh, that we can go in the flesh without the Holy Spirit. 
And we know that as Christians, we can't stop sinning on our own, for example. So that's why when you evangelize, you'll never see, stop sinning, you sinners. And then, by the way, I want to tell you about Jesus. Because even the apostles who saw Jesus rise from the grave <laughs> doubted. Even the apostles like Peter and John who went to the top of the mountain and saw the transfiguration, Peter still denied Jesus after that fact. Yeah. Because without Amen. the Holy Spirit, the flesh is weak. So yeah. our job isn't to sanctify non-believers. I think that's the problem. A lot of Christians, JD, it feels like some people go out trying to sanctify the world. Like, let me instruct you on how to be a good Christian. Bro, they don't even know Jesus yet. Your yeah. job is to bring forth the good news so that they may be reborn because it yeah. was the Holy Spirit that's going to get them to their next spot. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And then I also have Luke 24 open because um, at the end of Luke 24, he obviously says the same thing very similarly. He says, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Um, yeah. So he sends them forth as well on there. Uh, so I, I kept up Luke 24, JD, because I think it's beautiful that the very first thing in Luke 24 that we see Jesus do, um, it says, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? This is his first action as the risen Amen. Christ. And in verse 27, it says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all scriptures the things concerning himself. This is the first act of evangelism. This is it. Jesus does the very first action of evangelism. And what does he do? He takes them to the scriptures. Now, obviously, Amen. these are Jews. And I want you to understand that as well, that people who know the scriptures, you can use the scriptures in evangelism. Paul obviously goes a different route when he speaks to Gentiles. And, um, and we will obviously discuss, I guess, that direction as well as we're covering this. But for people that know the scriptures, if you're speaking to people who claim to know the Bible, go to the Bible and teach them who Jesus is. Because there's people out there that deny who Jesus is. The Torah observers, they need the gospel. The Hebrew Israelites yeah. need the gospel. Uh, uh, Jews need the gospel. Islam needs the gospel. And they'll look at the Bible. You can get them to look at the Bible. Um, so it's very mm. important that at, if you want to be better at evangelism, you learn the scriptures. Amen. I mean, and this is this is this is kind of where when people say to me, how do I how do I how do I share the word? Like I've got this desire to share the word, but I get choked up and I see a lot of the comments. God bless you all for being open and 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 being involved. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, what I always say to people is remove the communicated knowledge. If we go to Matthew chapter 16 and we go to Mark chapter nine, we see Jesus Christ do something quite profound where he removes communicates knowledge. Now, this is something we have to come to terms with as, as Christians is that there's a lot of communicated knowledge about Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, this communicated knowledge is 90% false. So when you meet someone and they say they're a Christian, um, they might, have, might, might end up being a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness or, or some progressive. Um, so what do you do? You remove the communicated knowledge the same way Jesus did. So the apostles are gathered and Jesus turns around and he already knows the answer. But he turns around to them and he says, who do they say that I, the son of man, am? Mm. 
Who do they say that I, I, that I the son of man, am? So what is he doing yet? He's removing all communicated knowledge because they immediately reply with John the Baptist back from the dead, Elijah, one of the other prophets. Um, and then he immediately hits with, with the truth by saying, so who do you say I am? And then Peter stands up and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What does Jesus reply with? He did not receive this from men, but he received this by direct revelation of God. And this is why we have the scriptures. This is God breathed word. This is our direct revelation from God. So if someone comes to us with a Jesus, with a communicated knowledge of who Jesus is, and it's contrary to the Christ of scripture, they've got a plastic Christ. They've got a sissified Jesus who didn't die for the sins of the world, who wasn't buried and didn't raise again on the third day. And that's Amen. the problem. And that's I wanted to problem. actually, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, here's another. So again, we're just going through different tips and things like that when it comes to evangelism. A lot of times I see Christians that will have a conversation, but when someone says they know Jesus, they'll back off. Right. And they don't like, like JD said, they don't ask that other question. If anything, if someone is showing me that they're willing to talk, I want to dig a little deeper. So I'll give you an example is if I ran into someone on the street and we both just quickly said, yeah, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. We end right there. You'd be like, yeah, they're both Christians. Right. But if I get a little deeper into it, like they said, well, who's Jesus to you? Just wondering. Oh, well, you know, he's uh, the son of God. Okay, we're still same page. You would probably think we're still both Christians. But what if I keep digging and he says the brother of Lucifer? Right. We mm. suddenly have a different thing. Or he says the Archangel Michael. We suddenly have a different thing. And that's mm. why it is important to not just let same thing with when people say God. I've heard people be like, oh, I believe in God. And Christians just be like, amen. Whoa. Hold up now. You don't know what God he's talking about. There's lots yeah. of gods out here. Who, who, yeah. do you mean, who do you say God is? Right. Because yeah. for all, all I know is I just amen. If you just amen someone. If someone says God is so great, you might be amening some whole other pagan type of God. This is interesting. Yeah. Recently, I saw someone post something about different things in Hollywood where like Jesus is still alive because Chris Pratt got on the Grammy stage and he's like, God is so good. God is so amazing. And then we see LeBron saying, you know, God is so great. God is so amazing. And I know that these guys say Jesus off air, but when they're on air, for some reason, they always say God, right? Uh, so, yeah. Why is it? On the behind the scenes, I see these guys say Jesus, but then they get on the camera and they say God because you nobody wants to offend the other religions. So if I just say yeah. God is amazing, everybody's amening. Amen. The Mormons, amen. The Jews, amen. The Muslims, amen. We're not amening the same God, though. Mm -hmm. And that's important to me. What is his name? What did what did JD just say? Who do you say I am? And then uh 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 well, who do they say I am? And then who do I, you say I am, right? Who do you guys say Jesus is? Or who do you guys say yeah. God is? And that's important. Um, if you guys really want to know the best question, then my advice to ask a self-professing Christian to help you lead into the conversation. If you know someone's a Christian and you want to have a conversation and make sure they know the gospel, what I've learned, a great question is, are you going to heaven? And then why? Because you'll ask them, hey, J matter of fact, I'll do a test. JD, real quick. Uh, you going to heaven? Or do you believe yeah. that when you die, you're going to heaven? Yeah, bro. Why? Because Give me a I wrong believe answer. that Jesus Christ has no. died for my sins. He was buried, answer. that he rose again, that Jesus Christ is God incarnate, the resurrected Christ, understand the how Lamb that was slain before eternity past. 
That's where we at. <laughs> he does not know what skits are at all. JD, let's try this again. Okay. You got to be wrong here. Give me the wrong answer. Oh, the wrong answer. You're looking for yeah, the wrong yeah, answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Okay, hey. Sure. <laughs> JD, are you going to, uh, when you die, I just want to ask you, do you believe you're going to heaven? I'm not sure, Mike. That's the, oh gosh, you really no, think I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> no. No, all right, no, so JD, I should have prepped him on this. If he was to say yes, and then I ask him why, a lot of Christians hit me with this. You know, I just try to live a good life. I try to do what the Bible says. I try to yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. that I'm living a good person uh, as a good person. Like we just saw in the comment from Clarice. And this is usually the first red flag that somebody is a cultural Christian, right? They think that it's this, I go to church. Mm, I, I try to be mm, loving mm. to people and they're completely ignoring the gospel. And, and they explain, Oh, I'm a Christ. Oh, why are you a Christian? You can ask them why they're a Christian also. Oh, cause I go to church. Right. It, it, yeah, yeah. Dig yeah, deep yeah. And, and don't tell people what they believe. Ask. Here's a crazy thing about this world, and people have forgotten this. People love to talk about themselves if you just let them. But we we like to talk for people like you think this and you think that. Just mm -hmm. let people talk. Just ask them, hey, what makes you a Christian? I just want to know. Well, why why would you call yourself a Christian? I believe in all you know, I go to church, I'm a good person. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, 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 interesting, interesting. What about that Jesus guy? All right. So this is a it's a great question to really get that conversation going with these people. Because I run Listen, I run into people all the time that I'm I ask them like, hey, you know, God, are you know, Jesus? They're like, yeah, I'm like, oh, awesome. You saved. Yeah. Oh, cool, 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 cool. So you go to heaven, you die. Yeah. What? Why? Man, you know me. I'm just trying to live every day for Christ. Do the right thing every day. Oh, cool. Opens the yeah. door up to that. Now, granted, again, I get this was for when you're speaking to profession, uh, professing Christians because you run into them all the time. You're running yeah. to them all the time because we do live in a Christian nation. So the yeah. crazy thing about our country is we do a lot of gospel preaching to people who think they're Christians. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I mean, there's, there's a good point there because like now that you said that actually, you know, you know, Pew Research Center. And for those of you who don't know Pew, uh, they do a lot of Christian surveys. And one of the most recent surveys they did was and this is the scariest one this really this really grieved me and really hurt my heart is that 24 million 24 million american christians 24 million american christians believe that jesus christ is the father and they hold to a modalistic view um and for those who are new year your first time year what is modalistic view it's 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 god in three modes um you know, God took on three modes and it's the ice, water, steam analogy. Um, this is not the Trinity, not by any means. And, I actually and blame that, that analogy for that because a lot of people try to use that analogy to teach yeah. who God is. And I'm like, no, that's not a proper uh, demonstration. No. no. So God isn't three different things. And and this is what a lot of people try and do to try and explain the Trinity. They, they make God three different things. He isn't three different things. He is one God. We see this in Deuteronomy 6, 4, which they love to go to. Here are Israel, Lord our God is one. But that word there, we've gone through this before. So I'm not going to dive too deep into the Trinity, but Ekad is, is a one in unity. It's and, and this is simply what Trinity means. It's three in unity. Try unity. That's why we say Trinity. And when yeah. people say, well, Trinity is found nowhere in the Bible, you know, you can you can immediately go back to them and say, is God omnipotent? Uh, uh, omnipotent is God omniscient. And if they say yes, then ask them, show me the word omniscient in the text. Show me the yeah. word omniscient in the text, because it doesn't have to say Trinity in the Bible. 
Like it doesn't say many other things about God's character and nature, but we know this from reading the scripture correctly. Breaking so again, news, there's not actually yeah. any English words in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this might come that as a entire surprise. Sentence, none of those words you just said are in the Bible. You really want to get technical, right? And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I put it right back on. But no, basically the idea of modalism that is the worst of the heresy is that the son, uh, uh, the the son and the father and the spirit can never coexist at the same time. So he's either the father or the son or the spirit, and never the son is never existing at the same time as the father. So the baptism falls apart. I mean, when Jesus is on the cross, the father's not in heaven. I guess I don't know. Uh, yeah. uh, they're gonna be like you're misrepresenting us, but not really. I'm not. <laughs> um, but that's not yeah. where we're going down that path. But this also brings up a good point. You don't have to know everything. To evangelize. Matter of fact, y'all ready for this? Tip number two. Repeat after me, and I'm going to give you the best answer. I don't know. Yeah. Amen. Let me tell you why this is important. And, and, and it's going to go into the scripture I'm going to bring up here in a moment. Our job is to plant seeds and, and, and water those seeds. You know what lying or making up an answer or being scared of being wrong, so you're just saying something that makes no sense does? It plants weeds. Because what you're yeah. doing now is when they run into someone else later who has the answer and they try to give the answer, they we now have to dig up the weeds you planted with the answer you tried to use rather than, I don't know. Because it's okay yeah. to not know. There's this weird idea like to be a Christian, you have to fully know everything about everything. It's like, no, mm. I'm bringing to you the hope that I have. Um, so it's okay to say, I don't know. It's perfectly fine. Um, yeah. Let me bring up the scriptures here. So uh, these are in no order. I just got a bunch of scriptures that have to do with uh, this, but so we might be bouncing around, but Romans chapter 10, everybody knows verse nine, right? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But continue the verse real quick for with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved for scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame for there is no distinction between Jew and and Greek, for the same Lord is the Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But uh oh, wait a minute. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Ladies and gentlemen, God uses us to serve his purposes. God allows us to participate in it. And when I meet Christians who don't want to participate in it, it makes me wonder, what do you think eternity is? Do you not think eternity is literally participating in God's kingdom for all eternity? He says you will judge the angels, that you will have an authority. But yet we want to be like, nah, that's not for me right now. Let me be honest with you. If any of you say you're not called to share the gospel, then you don't know what the Great Commission is and you don't know what your duty is. Now, again, we're going to get into different ways that we can share the gospel. So I don't want you all thinking that if you're not out on the street screaming out, repent, that you're wrong. Because we can preach the gospel in many ways. And like I said, there are ways to preach the gospel without words. And, and I know that there's going to be people that are butt hurt. Like, no, you got to sit down. It's okay. You don't got to be right right now. 
we have to preach the gospel in everything that we do because the light that shines from us is what produces uh, uh matter of fact if you think about it if paul says we plant and we water what is the third part to growing anything sunlight and if christ's light shines from you what is one of the ways that we can help grow the gospel by being a light by being an ambassador by being a reflection of who christ is in this world in fa in fact oops first corinthians 3 was the next one i had up listen to what he says What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Verse five, servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Do you not want to be God's fellow workers? You see, not all of you have to be seed planters. That's the guys that are out there. Repent. Here's the good news. You know what watering is? Watering is when you walk with those people, when you love those people, when you pour into people the grace of God. The lady at the church that makes coffee, she's watering. The, the person who cooks the meals, they're watering. The person who greets people and hugs people is watering. Not everything yeah. has to be the front line. And I'll use the military as an example. All my, all my veterans will understand this. We're not all infantry. We're not. I was, I was not infantry. I wasn't. But you would never say I did not participate in the war. You see, as different functions of the military, you all support the main mission. And some do this and some do that. But the function is to win a war. Likewise, as the members of the body of Christ, not all of us are the mouthpiece outgoing. Jesus is coming. And no one's saying you have to be that. Get in where you fit in with the gifts that God gave you. Some of you were given a gift of service. Some of you have a gift of prayer and you're capable of being in prayer for days and you're a prayer warrior, but participate in the mission. And, and, and here's what I want you to see in 1 Corinthians 3. I saw JD, you ran, ran away real quick. I'm doing 1 Corinthians 3, obviously fellow workers. But you notice how it said, after talking about planting and watering, it says, each one will receive his wage according to his labor. Ladies and gentlemen, if you think being a Christian means that I can just safely tuck my reward away, my salvation away, and I'm good, I take you to the parable of the talents, which we're not on, but this is very, it's in line with it. Re read what it says. According to the grace God has given me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Well, the apostles laid the foundation of the church. We build upon what the foundation uh, or what the apostles did. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. So a minute ago, he told us we got planters and waters and each one will receive what they their, their wage for their labor. And then again, he's saying each one's work will become manifest. And as we go through this, we see rewards and people who won't receive rewards. And, and, and I'm not saying that we do these things for these rewards, but the truth of it is how you take the gift God gave you and you live with it will determine how you receive in heaven. And I don't know about you, 
but I'm not trying to be the guy that buried his his reward, uh, his money and said, you know what, Lord, I just wanted to keep what you gave me and I didn't want to go out and share it. I didn't want to build it. I didn't want to grow nothing. I want to grow the kingdom because as Paul said, blessed are the feet that bring good news. I want to, I want the Lord to look at my feet and say, blessed are the feet. I don't know about you, JD. You want to hear that? Yeah, amen. 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 I mean, and this, this just, this, this is testament to gain. And I'm going to use, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to also thank a few people, but like our discord server, the discord server cannot function. Mike and I are not on the discord server nearly as much as we'd like to be, but that, that server couldn't function if it wasn't for the other parts. So Kat and Chris and Monika and Kira and Mal and those sisters who you keep everything together and have created the different rooms and there are studies, Pastor Kenny and uh, and what's um, uh, brother Daniel and, Ma and, and Brian. We've got so many brothers and sisters in Christ who we do not speak to every single day, yet they are functioning parts of our ministry and, and the goal. So we're all united on the front that we're trying to get Jesus Christ to people. We're trying to get Jesus Christ and what he has already accomplished to people. This is an urgent message from the moment Christ came to the earth. This has been an urgent message. So, so what we see, especially with, with when I see some of the videos on TikTok, I'm like, have these people ever read the Bible? Have they ever read the Bible? That's like the, the immediate question that comes to mind because we get a lot of Christians that profess they've read the Bible cover to cover. And that's that's one of the biggest reasons why Mike and I are doing it on YouTube because there's a lot of people that profess they've done it, yet they don't ever quote the book of Hebrews, yet the book of Hebrews is, 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 a, is an epistle which really solidifies our stance in eternal security. It solidifies our stance that there are no more sacrifices. It solidifies our stance about the Sabbath day. It solidifies our stance about what Jesus Christ has already accomplished and why it is it is fatal to your own walk with God if you rely on your own goodness. You rely Amen. on yourself. You, you're falling short. So I wanted to read this too because it yeah. goes hand in hand with me saying blessed are the feet. I don't know if you guys uh, remember this in Mark chapter 10, but listen to Jesus real quick. He said, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and last first. You see, Boom. as we said, our job here is not about shining. It's not about uh, uh, my comfort. It's not about my career. Like those all come secondary to God, to his mission, to his glory. And uh, man, I love that he put that JD pointed out the Discord server because it is an example of an organism. That's what we are. We're an organism, right? We're 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 all one body working together. You know, JD and, and 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 myself, we're out here fishing, right? We fish and we plant seeds, and our goal is to either push them to a church, and if they don't got it, come to our Discord server, and we've got waterers left and right, just watering in there and pouring light on people because yeah. that brings up the second function here. That we have to remember that that I think is really slacking in our country. And that's discipleship. Notice when I read the Great Commission, Jesus didn't say, go forth 
and baptize and then dip out and go to the next one. He said, make disciples, right? You don't, you don't deliver a baby and then sit the baby on the ground and be like, all right, baby, good luck and walk off, right? What does the, what does the deliverer do? He hands them to the mother. You're in good hands now. If you're a planter and you bring people to the gospel and they say, yes, I, Jesus is my savior. I want to give my life to him. You need to hand him to someone. And if you can't hand him to someone, you got a baby in your hands. He's born again. That is a child in the faith. He is young in his faith. You don't just drop him and say, well, good luck, little buddy. Like I'm nothing makes me more upset than when people try and like preach the gospel and then be like, all right, just trust the Holy Spirit. Good luck. And I've seen it happen on TikTok, especially like there'll be a live stream and someone will be like, I want to, I want to give my life to Jesus. And they're like, all right, come up on the live stream. Everybody's like crying. Oh, they're coming to Jesus. Then it's like, all right, well, good luck with everything and trust the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Bro, what? You might as well cover her in bacon grease because the wolves is, oh, I smell good. That smells like a brand new baby and wolves is ready to die. And I remember I got into an argument with a Christian on that, JD. I don't know if you remember this. Um, when I saw this happen, uh, I saw one of those situations happen and I'm like, wait, Hey, cool. Congratulations. Can we make sure she knows that she needs to find a church home or fellowship? Like I get it. I'm with y'all. Amen. She came to the Lord, but that's not the end. That's the beginning. Yeah. Like, that's birth. Birth is the beginning, bro. And like, yes, yeah, she's in Christ. So like her eternity should be set, but I'm trying to make sure her life is good. I'm trying to have yeah. her know what she's doing. Cause if not, you might be one of those Christians that's like, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord. And after 10 years, I'm finally on the right path. We have to. Yeah, and I mean, this is, this is, this is exactly the same analogy. You know, I've used it so many times is a woman gives birth. Mark and Mark and Tanasia are there. They give birth to their son and go, Hey, bye. Good luck. We've birthed you. Uh, you're on your own. Like, the baby needs milk. It needs to learn how to crawl before it can walk. It needs to learn how to walk before it can run. And ultimately, this is what we do. If someone comes with that, with that, with that earnest, earnest heart after God, and they're like, "I want to know more," this is part of sharing the gospel. You now have the obligation to feed them, to nurture them. If they've approached you and they like, "Hey, how can I this? What What does this mean? What does that mean?" This is again. You know, why we set up the server, why when people ask certain questions, we can go, you can go to the YouTube, you can go through the videos, you can go to that episode, you can go to this video, you know, and this is ultimately, like Mike says, and a lot of his, he's, he's way more active on TikTok and praise the Lord for what he's doing on that page. But here we see a perfect example where people will ask the same questions again and again, and he can simply say, it is cute. That video is up. Go search under this and you can see the answer. So again, this is the purpose of posting videos. This is the purpose of making these YouTube videos. Why we are discussing evangelism tonight and sharing the gospel is because sadly, most people don't know how to do it or they're fearful of doing it or they feel like if they're not doing it, it's got something to do with their salvation. Again, that's not what we're saying. We're not bringing anyone's salvation into question. We are simply pointing out the fact that if you look at it from a position of this is urgent, um, the same reason you, you your kids finish school at three o'clock, you don't arrive at six. You know, it's it's you fetch your kids when the day is up. The, the same message that has been planted on us. We know that tomorrow is not promised, and this is why we are specifically told by Jesus Christ numerous times 
not to boast in things that are coming tomorrow. Tomorrow is not ours to boast in. Today is the day of salvation. Paul says to us in Amen. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. He says, today is the day of salvation. So there is no time to say, I'll get up and I'll, I'll work on it tomorrow. You know, and the same thing. We are, I've seen a few questions in the chat about family members and those who reject your message. Remember, Titus says, you warn them once, you warn them twice. After that, you dust your feet. Jesus Christ says the same to us in Matthew. Preach where you are welcome. If you are rejected, dust your feet and move on. Your job is not to convince people of the gospel. This is the, this, is the, this is the misconception. We are not commissioned to convince people God is real. We are not com commissioned to convince people that Jesus actually died, that he actually was buried, and that he actually rose from the grave. This is not what we are commissioned to do. We are commissioned to tell the good news of the resurrection. This is why Paul comes in and he says, oh, we preach Christ crucified. Oh, it's the... like you almost knew what's coming up next. I got yeah, it queued yeah, up. Yeah, amen, bro. You saw, amen. That's what it is. All right, we're yeah. going to open that scripture up. But real quick, tip number three tonight. See, I'm going to keep you all paying attention if you all want these tips. <laughs> right? Tip number three, practice an elevator speech of the gospel. Now you're going to say, all right, Mike, what, what does that mean? So an elevator speech, which at matter of fact, if you're a professional, you should have elevator speeches for a lot of things, right? An elevator speech is something that you practice where you can give a speech on something in 45 seconds to three minutes, depending on how long that elevator is. And the reason why you should always want to have an elevator speech for some things is let's say you're at a job and you want to get promoted one day. The opportunity might present yourself to stand in front of your boss. So you should have an elevator speech on presenting yourself of why you're valuable to the company. Likewise, as Christians, don't wait. So you're standing in front of someone to be like, crap, how do I articulate the gospel? Well, you see what, what we, but we believe that Jesus is God and he's the son of God. And then, well, so it's Romans and don't do that. Right. Treat, treat this as important to you. And I'm going to get, wait to put my later on tip for, for what helps this. But my point is an elevator speech. What does that mean? Practice articulating the gospel in a couple minutes. That's it. It doesn't have to be extremely detailed. It doesn't have to, because guess what? You can go discipleship and preaching the gospel. Although they go hand in hand, they're not interchangeable. And I think this is a big problem. JD kind of hinted at it. He's on that side. Is that some people try to do discipleship with people who haven't accepted the gospel yet. You're out here arguing, trying to convince them of something. Well, let me tell you, no, this is why it's real. You don't got to defend the truth of who God is. You don't have to argue with people. If you want to be an apologist, that's a whole different thing. And sometimes when you're having a conversation with someone, these things might come up, but the main goal is the gospel. So that's the goal. Like at the end of the day, can you present the gospel? Can you do it quickly? And I don't mean like you have to be like, there's no time limit on it, but you shouldn't wait till the moment comes where you have to be able to pull out your sword, right? The word of God is a double-edged sword. You know what people do when they have a weapon in the military? They train with it, so they're prepared to use it. You can't never touch it. And then an opportunity, someone says, hey, how do I get saved? And you're like, um, 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 uh, um, no, that don't work. But I love that JD mentioned it, so let's pull it up real quick. This is literally what we're talking about. This is it. This is what JD and I just talked about. And I, when I came to you brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. 
That means I didn't come to you saying, well, did you know that there's more manuscripts for Jesus ever than anything? And actually, if you look at the science, that there's no reason to deny God, because if you look at this and if you look at this, no, no, no. He said, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, the gospel. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I think what Paul says here is so clear that this has actually convicted me several months ago on TikTok. If you continuously go back and forth with someone who's rejecting scripture, do you know what you're saying? I know better than God. This person is rejecting God's word, but I can convince them. I can convince them. This is my pride now. They've rejected God. Well, they ain't going to reject me, though. Let me tell you one more thing. And if they end up believing on your 19th try based on your wisdom, then they don't believe because of God. They believe because of your wisdom. Paul's saying, no, that's not what I came to do. I came to just proclaim the glory and the power of God. And we need to stick with that. We need to understand that. Yeah. And, and the, the, the key is to be consistent. This is the biggest thing that I don't that, that we see on with a lot of creators. God bless them as they grow and may the Lord continue to work through them. But staying consistent is key. And what do I mean by that? It's Jesus Christ is God. If you've got a spider chart, you've got Jesus Christ is God. He's the resurrected incarnate. He is the son of the living God. We've got all these. You've got Jesus Christ in the middle at the center of your of your ministry and he is the foundation he is also the head so what we see is a lot of people try and vary and and and, and come with and mark already mentioned this if you're going to go into apologetics by all means go into apologetics but learn to ascertain the difference between a straw man argument and a steel man argument so 90% of people that ask the questions they've already they've already come to the conclusion on their own They've already got the answer. They're not looking for your answer. They're looking to trip you up. So they've already made their conclusion. God is not a just God because in Exodus, blah. God is not fair because in Jeremiah, blah. Uh, You know, David did this. Someone once told me, JD, that most atheists that start the conversation like that, they're not really asking you to prove God exists. They want to make you prove to them God is worthy of worship. And yeah. they want you to come and look up to them and be like, let me let me teach you about my God. Please worship my God. I'm not doing that. If you think you know everything already, God bless you. Go in peace. <laughs> God, yeah. God bless you. Go in peace. Because I'm not about Amen. to come before you and grovel and be like, please believe in my God. Because that's what they want. Now, a lot of them are like, prove to me your God is worthy of worship. And it comes out when they get to those statements like JD just said. Oh, well, your God did this and your God did this. Notice how. A lot of these conversations don't shift to God not existing. It's, I don't like the things God did. But here's the truth that I always bring it back to. Well, wait a minute. If God exists, he's God. So are you saying you believe he exists and you refuse to worship him? No, I don't believe he exists. So then why are we talking about what you think he did is wrong? Like, that's the problem is they, they really just want to prove that they have better morality than God, that they're better than God. I mean, I've seen it. They love to do that. Those aren't worth your time. And and if you let them keep going, they're going to get you angry. And then you're going to respond in a certain way. And we're going to get into that second way of preaching the gospel, with his, which is our actions and, and the example that we set. Because that's the yeah. second part that we're going to be diving into here uh, mo- momentarily in this 
in this uh, podcast. Yeah, now, I will say we, this. We, oh, go ahead. I just want to add this thing. So, so uh, about about a year and a half ago, when I still used to entertain, you know, debates and arguments on on my TikTok, you know, I had a guy come up one night and he was like, you know, and it was clear because I'd already seen him on other lives, and I was convinced that I could I could get through to this dude, and he came up and he said, yeah, where he stays, where he stays, um, you know, in downtown New York, um, you know, women are getting raped constantly and you know children are being murdered and you know all these and so why would a loving god allow all of these things to happen and you know the thing that got him and he couldn't reply to me was when i asked him what have you done about it <laughs> have you have you have you gotten all the men in your area together have you have you started like a night watch um, to walk the streets and patrol the streets and make sure that your women and your children are safe. Um, and, and then, you know, the, the other part of his argument is why many, why so many people are, are starving. And I asked him, are you, are you well fed? Do you have a roof over your head? When last did you take a meal to someone that is in need of a meal? When last did you stretch out your reach into your pockets and stretch out your own hands to those in need? You see, this is one of the, the classic straw man arguments. Is, is why are these things happening in the world? Here's the thing, guys. God gave us more than enough resources. There's more than enough food. There's more than enough living space. There's more than enough for everybody. But greed is at the center of that. And Amen. I need more than you have. And, and this is the reality. If we stop living that way, and this is what the Christian is encouraged to do, look on the needs of others more than your own. Look on your, your needs as a bare minimal, but my brother's needs. So here's how the circle works. If I'm providing for Mike and Mike's providing for, for, for Ginger and Ginger's providing for Kenny and Kenny's, you see that if, if we are constantly looking out for one another and we are all reaching out our hands to those who are in need, there is no need for anyone to go to bed hungry. And this is what the, the early church understood completely. It wasn't even a negotiation. They were not yeah, arguing. You gave everything. Yeah, they were not arguing over possessions, you know. And when I'm they did, they were rebuked oh, sharply, sharply, you know. And 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 this is ultimately why I love podcasts like this, where we can just go bounce backwards and forwards because the Holy Spirit is definitely working. Ooh. But we see that so many Christians today are tripped up over things, what they have, what they don't have, rather than. What can I give? How much more can I give? Give until there's nothing left to give. This is this is where I stand and this is where I'll die. If I've got nothing left to give, I know I've given everything I can give. Amen. And, and, and that's you. where we need to be. That's where I want to add stand. something, though, to what JD's saying, because there's a thin line on this. And I, and I think if you let me finish, you'll, you'll agree with me on this, JD. I, I want you to understand, yes, as Christians, we give, but that's not the gospel. Because it's important because I meet people who think that Christianity is about charity. No, 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 it's not. Because atheists do charity. Muslims do charity. It doesn't stop at that. In fact, I had this queued up already because I was going to go here. I'm glad you reminded me. When Peter first gets the Holy Spirit, he's on fire. He walking through Jerusalem, chest out. Like, let's go share the gospel. He comes across a beggar. Please give me something, sir. He said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
and watch how this doesn't end right here. He says, and he took him by the right hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. This is evangelism. It was not, oh, a Christian gives money and feeds people. That's what Christians need to be doing. Yes, that's not part of the gospel. We're supposed to do that just as being walking in Christ. The gospel is bringing them the greatest richness, riches of ever, of ever, <laughs> the greatest riches ever, and that is the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And when we see him say, rise up and walk, he doesn't then, Peter doesn't then dap him up like, all right, bro, you know Jesus, have a good day. He took him with them. Let's go. Let's go worship God together. And he joined him with them at the temple. Yeah. I just, I need to make that clear because in this mindset of 2023, Christianity is like, oh, we do charity. That's what Christianity is. Hey, you know, I'm not really into going out there and sharing the gospel. You know, I donate my money and share. That's atheists do that. What are you saying? That yeah. Giving someone a fish means nothing. We teach them who provides the fish, right? We take them to the grace of God so that they can know who it is that offers the greatest gift of all, which is eternal life. Yeah. And I think I think 100 uh, percent you're right. I agree with you fully, fully agree with you. And, and the point I was trying to make is to your fellow brothers and sisters. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, not I'm in agreement about, with you on that, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, using this as a scapegoat or working for your salvation. I'm saying to your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, you should be knowing, you should be aware what's going on in your brothers and sisters' lives. Like you, you, we extend an olive branch daily. Like, is there something I can pray for you for? Is there somewhere, some area you need help in? Um, like what's happening in your life? Um, and this is a game. I'm not talking about giving physically, physically giving things and stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about giving of yourself. Like Mark's my brother. Like if he says to me, yo, bro, can you cover for me? Um, I need to do this and that. Uh, I've got a family emergency. I'm going to say no problem. I'm going to cover. I'm going to get that because I know the day is going to come where I'm going to do the same thing. I'm like, Mark, uh, I'm stuck. Can I, can you give me a hand? Yeah. I've run into some trouble. He's going to give me a hand. It's not a, and he doesn't have a little book where he's keeping score and I don't have a little book where I'm keeping score. Okay. Well, look, I've done three favors for you, Mark. You've only done one favor for me. This is not, this is not, <laughs> this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I'm always looking out for his needs. He's always looking out for my needs. And that's, that's, that's spiritually. That's, that's mentally. Like, what do you, <laughs> she got the little notebook out. And this, this is all how much you owe me, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm still waiting for my salary. It's like six <laughs> months late. <laughs> I know, so, like we, <laughs> so ultimately it's, it's about giving of yourself in every way that you can Amen. give of yourself. We are, we are called to serve one another. And, and there's another one, Pastor Kenny, who I love. He's, he's, he's an absolute rock to my ministry simply because he's always encouraged me. I can build him up because he builds me up. And the more he pours into me, the more I pour into him. The more Mark pours into me, the more I pour into Justin, the more Justin pours into that way. And so we all see us pouring into one another. When we someone fills me up, I'm going to pour that back out into someone else, constantly looking to edify and exhort the body of Christ. That's what we are called to do. Amen. And, you know, because we've talked about this, let me go ahead and throw something out there, right? All Christians are called 
to the Great Commission, right? And, and like I said, we're going to discuss the whole second half of this is going to be about how we share the gospel through our actions and living. Now, some people want to give their entire life to it, right? JD and myself, for example, we have decided to give our entire life. Matter of fact, I've never calculated the hours, but I guarantee you, I put more hours into into my ministry than you do. Most people do at their job, right? Because you only you only put forty hours into your job, and I guarantee I'm doing way more than forty hours a week. And I want people to understand something because we have Christians are so scared of money because we're scared that people will be like, look, Christians, because of how Christians have misused money. Let me tell you very clearly right now, and I can back this up with scripture. If you decide to give your entire life to the gospel, there is no shame in making a living off the gospel. And the scriptures actually declare this. People have this weird idea, and it's always Christians. They want the church to do great things. They want ministries to do great things, but they don't want any of them to collect any money to pay bills or salaries or buying uh, equipment. None of that. Church better not ask for no money. Uh, the people better not ask for no money. And it's crazy because it's it's almost like you can see people's love of their own money, and it's Christians that don't want to give up their money because, like, oh, you want my money? Oh, you're going to misuse my money? And it gets flipped. To where you point at the church for them wanting your money for the wrong reason, but really you're showing your love for the money. Like, oh, I don't, I don't want to give it up. I don't want to. Uh, no. So let's let's go to the scriptures real quick, and then after this, there's something right after this that I know JD wanted to point out. But let's go ahead and look at First Corinthians chapter nine. Nevertheless, we have not made use of the. Am I at the right place? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple? And those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings. In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. Now, he goes on to say he has made no use of those rights. And Paul is very smart here because Paul knows he's already being elevated to an extremely high level. This is also why Paul said, you know, I, I don't baptize because people, if I baptize you, people are going to be like, I got baptized by Paul. I follow Paul. So he says, I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. So he's like, I'm not telling you this so that you give me. I don't use this. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. So basically, Paul is saying that some people will, I, I already know my enemy. And my enemy is going to try and be like, oh, look, Paul's doing this for that. And Paul's doing this for that. So Paul's like, I denied these rights. And some people do this. In fact, uh, Francis Chan recently, I remember in the news where he gave up his spot at like a giant church and sold his house. And I know people like that. Justin did that. Justin sold his house, gave it away, and went out on the street. And some people do that. But, for example, us here, we have to pay our bills. So if we find a way to make money in doing this, that's not wrong. And I could care less what someone says about that because unless someone's going to come pay our bills. Likewise, if you want to give your life to ministry, don't let people shame you from finding a way to pay your bills, take care of your family. A lot of people in the Christian community get real scared of that. Now, granted, how you do that matters as well, right? You can't be stealing or anything. I'm not giving permission. Like, for example, here at this ministry, we're transparent. The ministry donations don't give me and JD any money. Any dollars you donate here, the way I make money 
is through the rich companies. I'm trying to, you know, through TikTok or YouTube. Let me make those people give me their money because they're rich. They got billions and they make money off us anyway. So I might as well try and get my two cents off their $50,000 that they make. But yeah, there's nothing wrong. And again, finding ways to take care of your family. It just blows my mind, JD. Like, bro, if we give 60, 70 hours a week to a ministry and then on top of that, you're like, you better not make money because that's using God for money. It's like, what? You think my kids eat air? I got three yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it, it's it's quite tragic how, and, and this is exactly, this is the world we live in because people are I'm gonna so let you quick. Do, JD, I'm going to let you talk and then also read this part in Corinthians 9. I got to go use the bathroom real quick. No problem. So we, we see a lot of this and, and ultimately the, the prosperity gospel, word of faith movements have done this. They have damaged the body of Christ because they've, you know, Sow your seed. If you give a seed now of nine ninety nine, then you know a blessing is coming your way. And as as we've heard so many of them claim, you know, get your receipts in so that <laughs> God will give you whatever you've asked for. But you have to be tithing. You have to be giving. Again, Second Corinthians twelve nine, uh, Second Corinthians chapter chapter twelve. We see Paul say. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And again, this is in every sense of, of, of the Christian heart. The Christian, the inner man, wants to edify, wants to give of himself. This is not always money. It's not always material things. Where you can give to someone, um, where you can be a helping hand to someone, that's, that's what you were called to do. That's what you were called to do. Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service, get their food from the temple. And those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings. In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. So, so there we see it. And again, full-time ministry, you know, and for those who, who know me more closely and who, who've been following me from like, the beginning and who have been with me on discord and on TikTok will know that especially in South Africa, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult um, to be in full-time ministry because we have a lot of churches that steal from people. We have a lot of churches that, that proclaim this word of faith thing that sow your seed, sow your seed, sow your seed, sow your seed. Our ministry, our ministry runs completely on, donations and god has been faithful every single time there has been need for bibles there has been need for people to god has provided those bibles he has provided the word we don't go without the resources to preach to people when it comes to bible tracts and bibles and everything we need god's always made a way and again we don't abuse this power we don't abuse this power which paul goes on to say he didn't even do this Paul even goes on, as we've just read there, and he goes on in the next couple of verses by saying, I'm not doing this, but it's not it's not against God's will. It's not against God's will. And he says that there, but I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure in any such uh, um, provision. For I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of my ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, here we go. This is where he says this, for if I preach the gospel, but gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So Paul's bringing that completely out. Although this is biblical, 
Those who preach the gospel are to live off of the gospel. I didn't do that. I preached the gospel because of the necessity that's been laid upon me. Paul was commissioned by Christ himself to proclaim the gospel to the Gentiles, to plant churches wherever he went. And from the book of Acts, we see that Paul was responsible for the church as we know it today. Amen. Well, I was going to say verse 18 and 19 are, are solid for this as well. What then is my reward that in my preaching, I may present the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. Uh, and then he talks about to the Jew, I became a Jew as a Jew in order to win Jews to those under the law. I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became to one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. And then he continues, to the weak, I became weak. So it shows that Paul was all about bringing the gospel, and, I, and then he ends it at 23 saying, I do it for the sake of the gospel that I might that I may share with them in its blessing. Um, yeah. I mean, you yeah. keep honestly going too. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 this, this whole chapter is just brilliant. Now- I know that we've been talking about, uh, you know, this This has been the focus on those that go out and they proclaim it, right? So now I want to talk a little bit about what I was saying about our actions are called to be uh, a gospel proclamation. In fact, I love the quote that says, um, preach the gospel and sometimes use words. And I love that quote. I think it's a powerful quote. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 5 real quick. He says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Listen to what that just said. Like, Stop right there for a minute and read with me. You are an ambassador of Christ. Okay, what's an ambassador? It means you represent his, his, his rule, his sovereignty, and who he is, right? That's what ambassadors do. I've talked about, I've used this analogy a lot of times. When someone comes from another country, you get an idea of what their country's like through them. And if they're loving and they're kind and, and this light shines from them, you might say, you know what? I would love to visit Germany. You are, you've been a, a, just a splendid visitor. But if this guy shows up and he's just contrary to everything that Germany says they are, I'm using Germany as an example here, but you know, the, people say Germany's a sweet place and loving and kind, but then this ambassador is unforgiving, a jerk and rude. They're not going to want it. They're like, oh, okay. That's what y'all about. Likewise, you are an ambassador of the kingdom of God, an ambassador of Christ. And then it says God making his appeal through us. God is showing the world what he represents through his children. That's your role. And this isn't, this isn't written to some. Hey, there's 93 on YouTube, 190 on TikTok. If you're all Christians, that's 283 people. Hear me clearly. You are called to be an ambassador of Christ in everything you do. I don't even have it pulled up, but watch this. I, I, I'll go to a little, in the back of my head, a cross-reference here. I believe it's Colossians 2. I always spell Colossians wrong. I got it right. Colossians 2. Is it Colossians 2 or Colossians 1? It might be Colossians 1. I'm over here tripping. Colossians 1. He talks about praying to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of the will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, 
fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurances and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who qualifies you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And then he continues, and I believe it's, uh, I believe this is actually in two where he then says, to do all things as if doing it for the Lord. And I don't know exactly where it's at. Uh, where's that at, JD? You're supposed to be my Bible guy, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just quickly seeing all these these comments. Sorry, I missed you there. I'm just reading through the comments. Uh, lots of uh, lots of questions, yeah. Well, I, I'm just going to... Do all yeah. things. That's what I was really trying to get at, is that we're called to do all things as if it's for the Lord. So you are called to be... In Philippians, Philippians 2. Philippians oh, is that Philippians 2? Mm, yeah. My bad. But notice that it says God is making his appeal through us. So God is appealing to the lost through you. Look at my child. When people talk about what's your proof for God, you should just look at it and be like, I'm standing in front of you. I was dead in my sins. I was lost in my addiction. My marriage was broken. Whatever your story might be, God saved me. I'm going to tell you this right now. Show me one human being who was in the pit of de uh, depression, the pit of anxiety, the pit of, of, of self-harm and addiction. And then they said, you know what? And then I came to atheism and my life changed and there was transformation. Transformation is in Christ. You want proof? I'm right here. Yeah. I dare someone ask me, where's your proof of God? Right here. Yeah. I and proof of my God, because I was dead in my sins, because I was broken. And that transformation doesn't come from thin air. No one Amen. just transforms like that. And then he says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Be the righteousness of God. Walk in Christ and let people see the light in you because God is making his appeal through you. Amen. I mean, that's just exactly it. Kira just put it there. Hashtag I am proof. I mean, we've both done the I am proof videos on TikTok. And, and that's why we, you know, um, I made the Tombs Empty Bro I am proof hoodies and t-shirts. Because you walk mm -hmm. around with it on your chest that I am proof. And it says, and we use Psalm 139 verse 13 and 14. Because that is so abundantly clear to those that think that, 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 and, and, uh, you know, Mike loves, I love the way, way Mark does this. And he says to someone, go outside, pick up a handful of dirt and command it to become a person. And then, then I'll listen to your opinion. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. God created us from the dust. Like we are not capable. We can have all these high-minded views and things. It doesn't matter how intelligent you get or what degrees you have or how long you went to school or whether you're a the theologian for 20 years. Yeah, I've met people that have studied the Bible from front to back. And Bart Ehrman is a perfect example of this. He's an mm -hmm. agnostic and he doesn't believe in the divinity of Christ. And he comes up with all sorts of straw men um, for the gospels saying they are contradictions and other biblical scholars who believe in Christ look at his analogies and they go, what? Like, how did you even get there? Like, like, and, and, and this is exactly what they do. They go, if I mix blue and yellow, that's going to give me the color neon green. No, it's not. It's not going to give you that color. It's not going to give you that color. And this is ultimately what we see a lot of people do. They take A, B and automatically end up with Z. 
That's not how it that's not how it works. That's not how we read the Bible. That's not how we interpret scripture. That's not how we exegete scripture. We mm -hmm. read it in its context for its proper time. We bring it across. And this is this is exactly what Jesus was saying and exactly what Jesus meant. And it's it's agreed upon across across Christianity. We are not coming up with new things here. Mark and I are not saying something, oh, look, we've come to some new conclusions. No. This is, and this, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is what people do. And I love, I love the way you do that, brother, especially when you put it on top of your videos where you say, I'm not, I'm not teaching. I'm just giving, you know, what's on my heart. Because this is, this is how sad it's become on TikTok. If you share something that you're, you're experiencing or a thought that you're going through and you share it on TikTok, people will go, heretic, false teacher. That's not what it means. Like, bro, I'm sharing something. I can't even I'm, talk out loud. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is how cynical the body of Christ has become. And this is why, ultimately, I personally don't like denominations. I don't like them. I don't like the the what they've done to, to the body of Christ. Well, this is, I'm a fundamental Baptist and I am a reformed Baptist. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, <laughs> you know, how about we just, believe the bible how about y'all enjoy just those church wars bible. over here i'm gonna go try and keep winning people to the gospel how about that <laughs> yeah i love that you exactly. said that uh, you talked about the shirts because uh this wasn't one of my original tips and I'm, I'm not gonna add it to my tips tonight but just that's a jd tip right there easy way to start conversations is wearing things that that start conversations right when i wore my uh that true christian shirt right so not this one, not the Jesus is King one, but the one I had that says true Christian. Some of you were on the live stream when me and Justin were changing locations one day while we were preaching and we walked past the restaurant with the outdoor chairs and they were like, I love that shirt. And we were able to conversate with them and, and talk with them and it gets things going, right? Hey, what, what's that mean? What's that? You're, I am proof. What, what's that? Someone might ask. Conversation started, right? Now, because I mentioned tips, what are we on tip number four? All right, this is probably one of those real strong tips. People say, Mike, how do I get that, you know, to talk, to talk to people about it? Like when it comes to the moment, I'm kind of shy about it or like, it's hard for me to speak about it. If you want to talk about God to people more, you need to talk to God more, make talking about God more in your life. If you make it a light switch, matter of fact, all of us, I want you to imagine that light switch. You all have it. On Sunday morning, you flip that light switch. And when you at church, you'd be in the spirit like, hey, girl, what's up? Oh, what's up? Praise the Lord. But then you go home and you got work and you flip the switch off. Now you're back to, you know, normal me. Throw that light switch out. Throw it out and be that 24-7. If you make your life about being that, the Christian, make your identity about Christian, you don't have to know how. Mike, how do I flip that switch and talk to them about Jesus? I don't know what you're talking about. If you just talk, if that's your life, then they can't be around you without hearing it. Like the best way that I've learned to be able to talk about Jesus more is I just talk about Jesus more in my yeah. life. You yeah. can't be around me and, and not know that I love Jesus unless you're just passing me like this, but the shirt and the cross might give it away, but you can't be in a room with me and that you don't find out that I love Jesus. You, it's impossible unless we're in a silent theater. And even then you might know I love Jesus. Cause I might say, amen under my breath. I don't know. Yeah, my tip here is throw away, throw away that light switch. Amen. Stop making Amen. it like I become a Christian when I need to be a Christian. That should be your identity. And it takes time. Work on it. 
Incorporate the word of God in your life. Everything you do, if you make everything you do about the word of God, your decisions based on the word of God and like helping you be counseled into it, how you raise your children, how you handle your job. If you incorporate the word of God in everything you do, then when you're conversating, it will slide in there. It just becomes part of how you talk. And it's, 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 it's a wonderful um, thing that changed my life when I decided Dave. to just like stop hitting that light switch. Just be there. Daily, be bro. Who you are. Daily. I mean, and that's the whole purpose of like when, when I started the merch like a year and a half ago, that was, that was, that was the purpose because I had a lot of people saying like, we want to minister, but we too afraid or we too scared or we not bold like you, or we don't have this or we don't have that. And I was like, you know, wearing a t-shirt, I get it every day. If I go to the shop and I've got people will come up to me and they'll be like, so you're a Christian. Um, I have a question. And then I'm like, sweet. You know, hit me, hit me with your question. And and it's it's a conversation starter. So like, and you can literally go and print your own t-shirts that just says, I love Jesus on it, whatever. <laughs> you know, if, if that's the it's, next shirt I'm putting out, just I love Jesus. That's it. That's it. I mean, <laughs> and, and ultimately, you know, people will come again. Then you can get rid of the communicated knowledge, as I said at the beginning. Like, who is Jesus? Like a lot of people today, even professing Christians, are not aware of who Jesus Christ is. And this is where we have the, the necessity to say that's not in the Bible. And I mean we we gotta we gotta do a podcast soon. I mean this just light switch just went off on on what's not in the Bible, you know? Um <laughs> we gotta do a that's not written in the Bible podcast because there's so many quotes that people throw out there um as if it's from God. And it's not from God. Uh, it's 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 been conveniently twisted, and certain parts of the scripture have been omitted, which ultimately changed the meaning of what God is saying in its entirety. So, definitely something. Keep that in mind, brother. I'm, I'm definitely I'm thinking uh, for real though. You got me thinking about the uh, about putting on a shirt. Listen, I will lower the price to the minimum where I make no profit on it because I want people to buy this, and maybe I'll just have it say. Ask me about Jesus, like straight up. Just ask me about Jesus. That's this shirt. Amen. Nothing else. No logo. No true Christian. Nothing. Just the, you. You don't even gotta like me. I get no profit on it. Just to get people <laughs> to buy a shirt that says "Ask me about Jesus," and on the back it'd be like, "For real, ask, ask me about Jesus." Like, what are you doing? Come here. <laughs> Amen, I gotta talk man. to my graphics guy about that. See if he can hook up with some cool uh, fonts on that. Um, but no, so what we're talking about is, is, is being this person. Now you might say, Mike, why do I have to do that? I thought we believe in faith alone, not works. Uh, this isn't works. I want to read for you first Corinthians six real quick. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy spirit within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Also Romans 12, Paul says what? that to give yourself as a living sacrifice, this is your spiritual worship. So if you want yeah. to worship God, if you want to worship him, you give yourself to him. And it says here that that's not your body, glorify God in it. So I want to ask you guys a question. Some of you may have seen my video where I did this. If I bought this highlighter and never used it, you and I would understand what a waste this is. If you came to my house and I was throwing things out that were brand new, you'd be like, Mike, what you, you spent money on that. Well, Jesus spent the greatest currency that ever existed on you. What did he spend on you? His blood. 
and you were bought for a price. Now imagine you do nothing for him in this life. You're a wasted investment. Now I'm not speaking for Jesus here. I'm speaking for Mike here. I just want to make that very clear. My opinion of the matter is, I'm not saying you're unsaved either. Again, this is conviction night. Jesus said you're saved if you believe. I don't have the authority to say you're not saved. But I will say that if you're a Christian who does nothing to glorify God, you don't walk in the light, you don't act like you love Jesus, you don't prove to be a disciple, you don't share the gospel, you don't love people, you don't, I mean, I'm describing a non-believer. But if you swear you're a Christian with all this, and, and maybe you are, you are not an investment that is, there's no return on your investment. There's no, there's no return on the investment. He bought you for a price. And then we actually have Christians, JD, who say things like, do I have to do that? I, I, I messaged JD the other night at like 4 a.m. in my time, not his. Um, and this is where my video came from. I was watching all these people arguing about, do I have to be baptized? Do I have to be baptized? So I messaged him like, bro, can you believe that an argument in the church right now is, do I have to be baptized? Wait, is there people saying that only reason I get baptized is if I have to? Yeah. We missed the point. We've missed the point. If yeah. anything you're doing is only because you have to do it, you and I are serving two different gods as far as I can yeah. see. Because the things I do Amen. aren't because I have to. I look at that like a privilege. Lord, I get to represent you. What a privilege. I get to be yeah. your ambassador. I get to be the ambassador. Wait, of the king of the universe. Wait, 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 JD. I get to be the ambassador of the Alpha and Omega. That's a privilege, not a work. That's a yeah. privilege, ladies and gentlemen, not a work. Amen. 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 It's 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 absolutely shocking that that's that's even an argument. It's not an argument. You and and you will hear us say that baptism doesn't save you. Baptism isn't isn't your salvation. It's not tied to your salvation. And the scriptures make this very clear. But we get baptized. We get baptized in water. As and and the best expression there is, it's an outward expression of an inward change. You get baptized in front of your brothers and sisters because you want to. It's like like if I said you're. It's it's the same like you know you 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 come and I say hey I would like to invite you to my team. And you arrive on the day to play for my team and my whole team are wearing black shirts and you arrive there in a red shirt and you're like, why didn't you tell me you all are wearing black shirts? I'm like, you understand? Like when we're in a team, you don't see teams jogging onto the field, everyone wearing their own jersey. They wear well, the also same on jersey. On top of that, JD, a lot of people can wear the jersey and not be on the team. You could be a fan also. Matter of fact, you watching on TikTok, you watching on YouTube. Are you a fan of Jesus or are you on the team? Because lots of people show up to the stadium every Sunday and scream for them. But how many people are on the field Monday through Saturday? I'm just saying it's 100% possible to show up to church every week in the stands with your jersey on, your sheep jersey on. Like, whoo, Jesus, yeah, go Jesus. But Monday through Saturday, you ain't on the practice field. I, again, conviction night. I'm just, just saying. Yeah, and th this is the sad. And I mean, I saw, I saw, I've, I've seen a lot of comments tonight. Like, I want to share the gospel, but I'm fearful that I get it wrong. I share the gospel. There we go. <laughs> we got them sound effects in. You know, we've. I've seen a lot of comments tonight um, in the chat from the beginning till now. Um, people saying that they want to share the gospel, but they're fearful of, you know, and what if they do it wrong? 
and what if they say it wrong? And and this is where we always point people to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Because what Paul delivers there is he, he, he breaks down the gospel summary by saying, this is the gospel which which was preached, which I also received, where, wherein we stand, whereby we are saved, unless we have believed in vain. And then he goes on to explain the witnesses. He says, then Christ appeared to Cephas, then the 12, then 500 that were alive, 500 witnesses. Why does Paul say this? Because there were 500 people who witnessed the resurrected Christ. Then he says, last of all, me. And then he goes on to explain the power of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 17, he says, if Christ is not risen, then we are yet in our sins. Then we are still in our sins and everything is it's, it's pointless, you know, and, and there we go. I mean, is that you, you open it up? What a, what a G. But here he says this. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ is not raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. There we see it so abundantly clear. So real quick. I also want to add something. A lot of people here talk about, um, I don't even know why that's open. Oh, I know why that's open. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> a, lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people are asking, um, how do I share the gospel? Can I tell, can we get to the point of where I talked about how you can share the gospel without, at, without, without speaking? Here's what, here's, here's the question. You said, how do I share the gospel? Let me give you all step one, because as you walk, You'll learn how to share the gospel. But again, what did JD say? That as a baby, you have to learn how to crawl first. And the sad thing is a lot of you, there's a, there's a chance that a lot of you listening, you never learned how to crawl. And that's not your fault. There was no discipleship, right? A lot of you didn't have discipleship because our country is falling away from discipleship. Let me give you this statement right here. Therefore, do not become partake partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are a light in the in the Lord. Walk as children of light. There's your answer. How do I share the gospel? Right there. We start here because when you start here, it grows. Walk as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. What happens when you walk in the light? Let's see. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. What does it mean by expose them? When light comes around darkness, it exposes what's in the shadows. When your light shines, it exposes them. See, people look at this the wrong way. They think this means pointed out, exposed. No, listen to the next verse. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. So when you walk in this world as the light, and if we all walk together as the light, darkness looks darker because our light is pushing that darkness back. Uh, 
This is actually what Paul kind of references when he says some divisions are necessary because the division shows the genuine. If all the Christians of the world that truly were in Christ were a walking light, it would be a glaring evidence of what darkness is. Do you want to know why it's so hard to tell the difference between Christians and non-Christians in the U.S.? Because there's not a lot of Christians walking with the light. So the darkness blends in with the light. You want to sh share the gospel, walk in the light and be an ambassador. That means you never speak a word in, in the beginning. What do I mean by this? Ready? I'm going to give you an example. You work at the office. You're always loving, kind, and selfless. You do everything as if it was for the Lord. Even if your manager is a jerk, your love overcomes his evil. Even if someone at your office is always doing you wrong, yet you're always there to help them, no matter how many times they never repay the favor and you're not counting favors. Just like 1 Corinthians 13 says, here's, here's tip number four, tip number five. 1 Corinthians 13 is not about marriage. It's about being a Christian. We use 1 Corinthians 13 in, in, in marriages, and I get it because, you know, it's marriage, it's love. Let's do the love verse. This isn't about marriage. Love does not boast. We don't boast around people. Love does not hold grudges. Don't hold grudges. You don't count how much they owe you. You're selfless. You're dependable. You're reliable. This is the Christian life. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Everybody here, I want you to think back to the Christian. Not everybody had this, but the Christian that brought you to Christ. Were they sound biblically or were they loving and a light in the world? Most people yeah. I met, it was the loving light that brought you in. Then you found then someone sound biblically to bring you under. But it's the light that brought you. You didn't know your way without that light. And that's why that first verse was actually opened because Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. Be on your stand and be the light because as people walk past all the Christians, they walk past that light can guide their path to the person that they need to meet. But if you're not a light, here's the bad news. If you're a Christian who proclaims to be a Christian, but you're not a light, you set an example. So then they put their walls up. They put that defensive wall up. They're like, I don't want to talk to Christians because that Christian was me and that one was me and that was mean. And then they might come across me or JD. And we're the ones that might be the one that's going to bring them the gospel. But now there's a wall up because you didn't love them. And this is the, I told you later, I'll talk to you about sharing the gospel with your family. The best way you can share the gospel with your family is making sure that they don't put their walls up against the Christian that will bring them the gospel. Yes, bring them the gospel once. If they reject it, that's fine. Love them in a way to where they don't have a wall up because of you. Because when I show up, and I'm using me obviously because this is my page. Any Christian shows up, if their walls are down because of your love, now they can bring the seed and plant it. So yeah. walking in the light is the first way we share the gospel because you can't share Amen. the gospel unless you're walking in the light. Because if you're not, you're a hypocrite. Nobody That's wants to it. read the Bible because someone told them to. People want to read the Bible because they look at your life and they say, I don't know what they're doing in life, but I need that. And I think it comes from that book. Be the reason somebody wants to open the Bible, not the reason someone says, I'll never open that Bible. Because if yeah, that's what amen. you read and makes you how you are, I don't want anything to do with that. Amen. It's okay to be persecuted for Christ. Don't let Christ be persecuted for you. Yeah, I mean, moreover, this is exactly it. If if and we see it by not by not the by not walking and operating in light and 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 being the love that Christ has already given you. You, you see this, 
when people want to get the gotcha moment, you see the pride spill through when they want to be correct about their biblical definition. They want to be the ones who are right. They understand the Bible better than anyone else understands the Bible. They've been studying the Bible better than anyone else has been studying the Bible. And you see this bleed out in their actions because they're not trying to convert the person. They're not trying to show the person the love of Christ. They're trying to be correct. They're trying to have the moment. Oh, and that's exactly it. That's what we see on TikTok. Unfortunately, again, like I'm, I'm in deep prayer at the moment. Ba, 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 ba. Like, Shots fired. Shots fired. Shots fired. Damn, son. And that's, that's, damn, that's ultimately son. what I'm damn. like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about TikTok, man. I don't know about TikTok. Like I'm praying and asking God if I'm going to continue with TikTok or you might just see me on the podcast with Mark and on the Bible reading, because like the, the lives daily, like it's just grieving my spirit when I see nine or 10 Christians in a box and they can't even have a conversation. They're screaming at each other. Can I tell you all about a quote from C.S. Lewis? And I'm not saying that because I'm supporting like C.S. Lewis doctrine. Uh, you know, he's got some stuff in there, whatever. But he once said that as Christians, we should not be having these debates in a public forum. And the reason he said this is this reason. Because then when non-believers come present to find truth, they will realize neither of you know the truth because you're fighting over it. This is why I set the precedent that I don't bring people up in my live stream. Why? So that when non-believers come to my live stream, they're like, look, you Christians can't even agree. If you want to have these discussions, do them in Christian forums. That's what mm. we had, Ecclesi uh, 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 these different councils and, and different things in the past where we come together and we hash things out. But people want to get on live stream and be like, blah, blah, blah. if I was a non-believer looking at some of y'all on this app, I'm going to look at TikTok right now because this is the culprits. I wouldn't come to y'all neither. What, why would I come to you for truth when y'all can't even agree on things, right? Yeah. We have to present this united front. And I love what JD said. That's why I hit three soundboards on it. Is your intent to help someone or prove that you're right? And a lot of people, you can tell their intent is to destroy people and prove they're right and not guide them. You can tell by just the way that people respond to each other. It's like, oh, you're such a hair. Oh, you're such a. It's this negativity. It's this, it's this evil. And, and I see it instead of hey, you're an error, bro. Like I love you. And this is what we need to be looking at because that's the goal of, I want to get you here. Some people's goal isn't to get them from a to B it's to push them down at a and say, you'll never be at B. Like that's what it feels like sometimes with these people. It's just mind blowing. Hey man. I just gotta, I just gotta do this one in a southern accent, man. Because post, yeah, Kenny just posted this. I've got to hit this in a southern accent. Is is this based on what you've seen on TV? No, like, like Kenny's, Kenny's got this deep husky southern accent. So I'm, I'm Does trying he? to make it. Oh, my mom, my mom always told me, don't be so heavenly perfect that you're no earthly good. Don't be so heavenly perfect that you're no earthly good. I love somebody. That. And send it to me for a soundboard. I will put that on my soundboard. I'm gonna clip that. What's this? What time marker are we at? We're at an hour 38. Think I'm playing, JD. I ain't playing. Hour 38. I'm gonna write it down. I'm coming back and I'm clipping it, and we're gonna have that on the soundboard. That and uh, a win is a win. I don't remember when you said it, but I need to find oh, yeah. it. A win's a win. I need, a win's hey, a win is a win. <laughs> Caught me off guard. 
So I, I had this verse pulled up and I didn't know how I was going to use it, but I'm just going to throw it out there. It's completely random. But I love in Isaiah 6 where it says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, exclamation mark. Here I am, send me. We need Amen. more people saying, here I am, send me, who are avid, like just, just, just avidly in love with wanting to share the good news in any way possible. And again, it doesn't mean that you go there and you're the one saying, this is what you need to know. You can go there and just be that love, that shining light. And I mentioned how you could share the gospel without a word because eventually someone might say to you, hey, can, can I ask you a question, Clarice? Every time you're here, like you just always have this light about you. We have bad days. I never see you having a bad day. And you look at them like, oh, no, I have bad days. You just don't see it because the joy that Christ gives me. Oh, really? What's that? Boom. Like you're mm. And now it's not just you uh, uh, trying to salesman them. Like, let me tell you about Jesus. You want some Jesus? It's they came to you saying, where does that come from? So it's like, oh, well, you come to me. I'll, I'll share with you that hope. And it goes back to 1 Peter 3 when Peter said what? Uh, 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 I got it right here. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. We see this all the time as apologetics, and it is, but it's not just always a defense in like against the offensive. It's also, it says, anyone who asks for a reason for the hope in you. Because the word apology is the word we get apologetics from. Give an account for why. So the word defense here in, in the Greek isn't a defense like my offense versus defense. It's give an answer why you have this hope. So show people the hope so that they come to you and ask you, hey, where's that hope come from? Oh, uh, uh, what verse was it? I thought I had it on screen. So in First Peter, nice. it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Notice how this whole thing is about your loving, your good behavior, and, and that hope in you. And as I was saying, I'll show it to you on screen to help you understand what I was saying. Um, the word defense, it comes from apologia. Uh, the actual Greek word here is apologian because it's a, you know, the way that it's the part of speech of it. And if I can get it to bring the definition up. Oh, I've got the Hebrew dictionary up, JD. That's probably that's why it's not showing me a definition because that's not a, a Hebrew no, word. No Hebrew in the New Testament. I mean, you know, should be. Right? I'm just playing. Um, I know I'm over here linking my dictionary with this. There we go. All right. So the word here, uh, apologia, is a defense. I wish it was a better definition than that. Thanks, Greek lexicon. So it's to give an answer for, uh, uh, account for, or defense of. That's what the word apology comes from uh, uh, yeah. that we have in, in the English language even for. That's why it has evolved more into us saying sorry. But in the past, it was like, okay, I saw you doing this. Give me your apology, right? What's the, uh, I give an apology. I give you a reason why I did what I did. Yeah. And, and that's what this is saying here, to be ready to give a reason for why you have that hope in you. What is that hope? That hope that is set on the Lord that brings joy through all things. And I'm telling y'all, if you just start living that life as a Christian, you would be surprised at how many people present themselves to you 
In fact, since I started really doing that, you know how many times people come to me, Mike, you really seem real knowledgeable with the scriptures. Can I ask you a question? And that happens not by me pushing it onto them, but just by by being a Christian 24-7. Again, if I'm a Christian all the time, people notice that and people see it and people have questions. There are people out there that want to know more about Christianity and they're scared to ask people. So if you shine a light, if you walk as a Christian and you have that love just beaming from you, people trust you, they're willing to walk up to you. And it's amazing because at the end of the day, tip number, we had tip number five, tip number five, sharing the gospel is just as important. I mean, uh, gaining someone's trust is just as important when it comes to sharing the gospel. And what I mean by that is if I walk up to someone and say, you need to repent, they're going to be like, uh, no, I don't. Well, you're a sinner. Nah, no, I'm not because I don't care. Well, you need Jesus. No, I don't. Right. But if someone learns that I actually love them because I'm walking as a Christian, I'm, I'm, I'm shining a light and I show that love to them through action, then they build a trust. Like, okay, this person loves me. When I needed them, they came to my house and picked me up. When I broke down, they were there to be for me. When I needed grocery money, they never pushed Christianity on me, but they, they were there and they never asked for anything in return. Don't go bring them grocery money and be like, hey, while I'm here, can I talk to you about Jesus? No. Just be loving and let the work of the Holy Spirit work. He knows what he's doing. They gonna come to you. I promise you because they trust you. They're like, this person loves me. And then give them a reason for your hope. And if they reject it, you keep loving them. Keep loving them because you never know what that love love will conquer. So build trust is tip number five. Not just scream, repent, repent, repent. Build trust because then it's like, okay, they're not just saying this to me for lip service. Like they really believe this. They really care about me. They've demonstrated that they care about me. At least I'll take it seriously enough to listen. And then I might reject it. I might say, you know what? That's that's absurd. A man died and rose again. Not for me. But they gave you the time to listen sincerely to where you now know, okay, I can really wipe my dust. I'm here if you ever want to talk. I love you. Yeah. Amen. I mean, and then we see we see that we see the other side in, in Jude 1 3, where he says to us to contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto all the saints. Um, so the same thing. There's 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 the aspect of what Mark is now explaining where you are ministering to people through love and then these the the other side of apologetics if you are speaking to a muslim or an atheist then we are contending then we are in contention then we're wrestling with not not flesh and blood but with spiritual enemies with with strongholds with with satan and his demons that's where we have to understand what our bible says we can't then, and this is why I said, don't jump into an argument like, like I won't get into a ring with Mike Tyson. Even at 50, I won't get into a ring with Mike Tyson. He'll knock my head off. It's the same principle as you don't, don't box above your weight. Um, and so again, real quick, this I want to address this comment real quick, JD, because I don't want there to be any confusion here. I'm talking about those people that you know you're working on long term. Right. So what I mean by that is someone I know I see every day at work, for example, I'm not going to come to them day one and be like, you want to hear about Jesus day two? You want to hear about Jesus? Right. They're long term. This isn't the example for someone I just met on the street and I'm never going to see them again. Right. Obviously, if I'm trying to give the gospel to someone and I'm never going to see him again, I'm going to preach the gospel as a dying man to a dying man as if we'll never see each other again. However, 
if we're talking about family, if we're talking about coworkers, we're talking about people that we see every day, then you don't need to come, God, God, God. One, it should be very evident that you're a Christian, right? I'm not telling you to hide your Christianity. What I'm saying is don't approach them with the sales pitch. Be loving, be kind, oops, be, be everything that you can be as a Christian to them. That's what I meant to uh, by, by that situation, right? Amen. Amen, brother. Absolutely. And um, Ooh, I didn't this two hours go by But I really want to point some, one last thing out, guys. Another reason why it's important to walk in the light that we walk in. So in Hebrews chapter 12, this comes right after the faith chapter, right? We see all these people that were faithful to God and God was faithful to them. And they, be, they have become a cloud of witnesses for us. And it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us set aside every weight and, and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So what is, what is this saying right here? That we, you and I can look at the scriptures and say, I see God being faithful and he never let any of them down. That's what it's saying. We have a cloud of witnesses that God keeps his word. I can see Abraham, God never let him down. Uh, uh, Moses, David, every single person in the scripture. Likewise, we are we can be cloud of witnesses to people around us because they see us living a faithful life and God being faithful to us. That is our job to witness. That's what we're called to do, to witness to what God has done in our lives. And every time that you question, like, I'm not going to do this correctly, uh, uh, God's going to let me down, I want you, or I'm going to let God down, I want you to remember this, this verse right here. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and honestly, read the, the chapter before this. Read about every moment where so-and-so had faith and God kept his word, because this is your reminder. God never, you can't show me one time in the Bible where God doesn't keep his word. So why do you think he's going to stop with you? Amen. Remember that if there's not a single time in scripture where God said, I'll do, but then didn't do, he's not about to start that with you. So cling to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith. Cast aside the weight, cast aside the sin, that cl the sin which cl clings to you closely and run your race knowing that you're going to get to the end. Because you have a, a cloud of witnesses that are saying, I, I trusted him and he came through. I trusted him and he came through. Like imagine an entire room full of all these biblical characters saying he never, he didn't let me down. I failed, yes, but he didn't fail. I failed, but he didn't fail. Moses, I failed, but he didn't fail. David, I failed, but he didn't fail. You have a cloud of witnesses to tell you he will not begin letting people down with you. You're not about to be the first person that God fails who he yeah. starts a mighty work in, he will bring it to completion. Trust him and just run your race. Amen, bro. Amen. Spot on. Spot on. On the button. Where's the sound effects? Ba-ba-ba-ba. I mean, that... Thank you. Thank you, because you still haven't showed me the button. The button, the button, 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 button. <laughs> <laughs> a win's a win, baby. A win's a win. <laughs> I take them any way they come. Guys, it's it's, it's closing time. Um, but thanks closing to everyone who joined. Time.
<laughs> it's closing time. You don't have to leave, but you can't stay here. So I love you guys. God bless you guys. Thanks for popping in. Um, oh, yeah. Mike will probably be live on TikTok after this. Again, go check out the links in the bio. Um, get involved wherever you can get involved. Get into the Discord server. Be be a part of be a part of the ministry that grows people. Be a part of the fellowship. Be a part of the prayer groups, the study groups. Be a part of it, guys, because this truly edifies. This truly edifies. It grows you in your walk. And again, our goal also is to equip people for uh, uh, apologetics, so that you can answer with with meekness and having that love having confidence in God's word. That's where we see a lot of people falling short because they don't have confidence. They say that they believe the Bible, but then when certain straw man arguments come up, they're like, uh, bah, bah, bah. and again, there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know, but I'll come back to you. Or I don't know, but go check out this video. Or I don't know, I can point you to this book. There, there is, there is always an answer when it comes to the scripture. God has given us every single answer we could possibly have in this life for every single possible problem there is a solution and a godly one of that so god bless you guys thanks for thanks for being here once again and we will see you. with that being said jd i will see you tomorrow for our bible reading um well for you tonight but for me tomorrow um and just to give you guys a quick update uh, we now have two episodes recorded. Uh, we're going to have a third one tomorrow. And if all goes well, maybe a fourth one before the end of the week. And if we hit that number four, we will start releasing. Um, that's the goal, number four, because that gives us three uh, uh, misses, right? Three episodes in case we have an issue where we can't record or whatnot. Um, still trying to decide what the day of the week the release will be on. I'm thinking Friday because then people can get it for the weekend. But then again, like I said, I know some people would want it for, you know, the week to listen to on the way to work. I don't know. Maybe Mondays. We'll see. Fridays is what I'm shooting for in my head. Um, but we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But, uh, JD, I'll talk to you later. And we, yeah, when I get off my live stream so we can talk about tomorrow. Um, awesome. and yeah. As always, guys, I appreciate you being here. Make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Everything that you guys do for us counts and it helps us out. And uh, with that being said, God bless and go in peace. Mm -hmm.